1: Today on the ZabeCast, the triumphant return of Mister X. No, he's not dead, although he maybe wishes he was. What happens when sports stops and there's nothing to gamble on? The Browns' new jerseys have nailed it. An airport relic refuses to die. All that plus Suzanne Summers gets her quarantine freak on. Your daily Kickstarter of uncensored me is locked and loaded. So buckle up and let's go. <laughs> Here we go. Thursday, April 16, 2020. Thank you for joining me.
0: Behold, Simmy,
1: and good morning. Life,
0: real life. A thing that we have been denied for far too long. Good morning, my neighbors. Hey, fuck you. Yes.
1: You too! Yes, indeed. You know what? Day 36 of No sports, Sportsmageddon Apocalypse. I will be your apocaloptimist. Somebody who knows it's all going to shit, but still thinks things will turn out okay in the end. It was tax day yesterday, and I totally forgot because, of course, they punted it ahead by a couple of months. I don't even know exactly what date it is. I know my tax uh, attorney, tax accountant is on top of it, so I didn't even worry about it, but I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, that would have been yesterday. Funny Funny how you lose track of things in the middle of a pandemic. Let's start with this. It's amazing to think that the following relic of yesteryear is going to live on, but it is. Dulles International Airport announces that the mobile lounges, otherwise known as those clanky old buses, these giant buses on stilts that would take you from the terminal out to uh, another terminal or to airplanes themselves back in the day, are going to be around for decades more to come. The Washington Metropolitan Airports Authority Board came up uh, with a plan to move forward with the 16 mobile lounges, which it's such bullshit. Mobile lounge. <laughs> it's not a lounge. It's a bus on stilts that gets you from the main terminal out to the airplanes. That's what it is. And it's an extra step that most people flying into Dulles International Airport in the D.C. area Hate with a passion. Now, they've built since then an underground tram system, which is, I don't think, any better. I mean, it's a big-ass walk down the stairs, moving walkways, and then, you know, uh, you got to get on the tram and go over to the midfield terminal. I actually kind of like riding the buses, or the mobile lounges, which they call them. They're always packed to the gills. You have to make sure to rush to catch one, so you don't have to wait another five minutes for the next one to load up and leave. Apparently they are hell on earth to maintain diesel engines. Uh, they're about 15 years old. They frequently break down. They create difficulties finding spare parts and components. They also have at Dulles, some 30 plane mates. These are like low to the ground buses that will take passengers around. And some airports have that as well. There really is no convenient way to get to your airplane. Uh, short of just letting you walk out onto the tarmac dodge a 757 and say, I'm here, knock, knock, open up, but uh, these old rickety uh, mobile lounges are not going to die. That's amazing. How's the media doing these days? Great, right? And by the media, I don't mean everybody, but certainly some elements you shake your head and say, are you kidding me? Tighten up for God's sakes. The Associated Press filed a story that was picked up by the New Orleans Advocate and the Times Picayune, although I think the mistake was on the end of the uh, Associated Press, in which in the story it talks about the current pandemic and says the uh, worldwide death toll surpassed $2 million on Monday. Yeah. No, it did not. Uh, the real death toll is 120,000, so missed it by that much. The headline as well says, New York deaths past 10,000, worldwide toll tops 2M. Wrong! Fucking wrong! How do you get that wrong in a major newspaper? You get it wrong in the body, which maybe the AP didn't you get it wrong in the headline. Unless they wouldn't do that intentionally, would they? Nah. Also, I saw this screenshot on Twitter. There was a MSNBC reporter reporting about uh, a outbreak at a pork plant, which is has been shut down and is now threatening the meat supply. Uh, the reporter for MSNBC is in a field in front of a fence, just him on camera, no one else, and he's reporting... While wearing a mask. You've got to be fucking kidding me. I understand. It's like, well, you know, you should wear masks when you're outside. But this goes beyond just, well, better safe than sorry. This is bullshit uh, sensitivity flexing. Oh, I want to be a good role model. It's kind of like everyone who puts a picture of themselves on social media wearing a mask. Just fucking stop. All right. Oh, I want to spread the word. I want to make sure everyone knows we're supposed to be doing this. Yeah, we all know this. Apparently, New York City is going to now require people to wear masks when they're outside and can't socially distance, i.e. walking on the sidewalks past each other. Okay, um, are the cops who are going to threaten to find you, can they just hand you a mask if you don't have one? I mean, a lot of us, I don't have one. I don't know where to get one. I go into the grocery store now wearing a full respirator that I use while mowing the lawn, looking like some kind of fucking maniac because basically, no, I mean, not no one else, about 30% where I live wear masks. And if I had a nice doctor's style mask, sure, I'd wear it. No problem. But I'm in there wearing a respirator like I'm some nutball because that's all I got. So I don't know. Give me a mask and I'll wear it for God's sakes. The Browns have new uniforms, and they are on point. Basically, they kept the current helmet, which has a darker orange hue to it, which I actually like, and they got rid of the awful jersey and pants that had words on them. It had Cleveland on the front above the number. It had browns on the pants, and it was the worst uniform ever. They just went basic. Basic stripes. Uh, And basic numbers. And they are chef's kiss. Perfect. They've got four different combinations. White on white. The brown jersey over white. The white jersey over brown. And brown over brown, which was their color rush last year. I kind of like them all. Even the turd express, which is brown on brown. With the orange numbers. I really love the tricolor effect of the brown pants, white shirt, orange helmet. It's a tricolor look the Redskins used to have with burgundy pants, white top and a burgundy helmet. Did I say burgundy pants? I meant to say yellow pants, white top, burgundy helmet. That's a great bing 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 three color look. I love it. Uh Browns you did you did one thing good and they put out a great video about 100 about a minute and 40 seconds of where the Browns This is what we do, our history, our tradition. We're going backwards in time. And it was, like, very inspiring. And they had clips of Browns players that I don't even know who they are. They got a few famous guys. There's a Kozar clip in there as well. Kind of hard when you've been so irrelevant for so long to do a great hype video, but I give the Browns' social media department credit. They did pretty well. Okay. Mr. X reports of his demise are greatly exaggerated, and I am here to tell you he lives. Hello. You must be a lonely man. I gotta say, Mr. X, you take benching on this roster very well. I gotta commend you. You've been out of the rotation for, what, three weeks now almost?
0: I think it's four counting tonight. (laughs) But who's counting? Who's
1: counting? Well, I know. A couple things. One, uh, obviously your wheelhouse is sports and gambling on sports. Not that that's all you're all about. You're plenty smart in many other areas. And funny and talented. We all love you, Mr. X. But your wheelhouse being what it is, it was sort of like, well, you should probably give him a little time off. And then the last time I talked to you, you were just so down in the dumps. I was like, "All right, let let Grumpy calm down just a bit, and we'll loop back when we get a chance." So here we yeah, are. Here yeah, we are. Know, you,
0: in my defense, we hit that one up kind of quick, right in the middle of, of the onslaught of chaos. And I agree, we were—I was a bit down, but man, that was a tough week.
1: But oh I, yeah, well the weeks keep getting tougher. I I I, I got to say, and you know by now about Solly.
0: Yeah, brutal.
1: Yeah, so many people are texting me they don't know because I was not allowed to talk about it on the radio. And, I mean, people don't understand. I mean, I guess they do understand. This was a three-piece band that had been jamming together forever. And you take one of the pieces away, even if it's, like, even if Sally played bass, where you think, okay, what's the big deal? Boom, 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 boom. That's part of the mix and we had come to uh, understand each other's moves and play off each other and everyone knew their role. And that gets kicked out from underneath you and and you have to keep soldiering on without them.
0: Yeah. I guess not knowing uh, how it works. I always assumed that the contract was like for the show in its no. entirety and not individual players.
1: No. But I guess not. Yeah, that's too no, bad. and so so that has been extremely tough. You add to that the fact that there is diminishing material to talk about. Right. You, Add to that that what material does seem to pop up on a day-to-day basis, I don't want to talk about because it's bullshit. All these stories about what might happen, what could happen. uh,
0: God, it's hard. It's old. Right, exactly. It it
1: fucking pisses me off because it's April 16th and May 1st is going to look a lot different. June 1st is going to look a lot different. July 1st is going to look a lot different. And the only thing that I pray to God is that these entities don't start getting cancellation happy. And canceling shit way before they have to.
0: Yeah. I guess, you know, I wonder when Solly, you guys have run the gauntlet of a lot of big time shows over the last 20 years, from Fox to Yahoo and
1: SB Nation.
0: And and yet he gets canned from the shittiest one.
1: (laughs) I guess you can't. Wait a minute. What are you talking about? (laughs)
0: Well, I mean, you guys run some big-time shows, and he gets canned from oh.
1: the, little, the local show. Oh, the local show, yeah. Not
0: the not the big syndicate, you know. Yeah. The, the smallest one is the one that cans him, not, not the big players.
1: Well, and again, I mean, he was not a high salary cap number, but you know how these corporations are in times of F- economic trouble. They often look, I mean, this is like canceling your Netflix when you're about yeah. to miss mortgage payments, you know? <laughs> It, oh, people, shit. people do it just to, I mean, the corporations do it just to do it. And, and, and Say sometimes right. And a lot of times, as you know, they're under head count orders. Yeah. That's and, a it, shame. and it sucks. It sucks. But you know what? It's only the third suckiest thing that's happened to me because the first suckiest thing was having my morning show taken over by Stephen A. Smith, who at the time had, was down and out, had nothing else going on in broadcasting. So he got to step on my head and resurrect his career. We had done nothing wrong. The show was performing great for Fox. And then the second worst thing was when I got canned or they didn't renew my contract, but then they brought back Solly, Scott, and Murray, and they kept doing the show for almost a year and a half after me. Right. That sucks. So this is the third suckiest thing, but I don't know. You hope to, I mean, you hope to weather the storm and I mean, it's not impossible to think if things can bounce back, that they might decide to bring them back, but I don't know.
0: You know what? I always remember when I one of the first times I was listening to you. God, it was, it was about twenty years ago. You were doing Nighttime Fox, and I used to stay in the office late when I was in grad school and kind of had the radio on. And I one night you were interviewing a professor from a Northeast university. Yeah, I think it might have been Harvard. The guy had done a study on how beer is healthy for you. <laughs> so you had him on and you were going through his report. Of course, he didn't understand any of your jokes because he was a, you know, he was a professor. You know, a prof- yeah. And then finally, at the very end, when he went through it all, he, the last thing you said to him was, Would it, could you consider next studying Pop-Tarts? <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's a good line. That's a good line. I, he, didn't, he didn't get any of it. Though. I don't I don't recall any really? of that. So hold on a second. That would have been 02. Hmm. You were in probably. graduate school in 02? Okay.
0: No, that was in the late 90s. So either I'm off by two years or you're off by two. You're probably right. Maybe okay. I wasn't in grad school.
1: Okay. By the way, do we get to use this uh, pandemic to learn a little bit more about Mr. X's backstory? college graduate school what you did for a living sure. before you became a professional gambler undergrad oh, no you
0: had me till that one no well, i don't
1: care i'm just kidding you're not a you're no, not a good. you're not a professional gamer gambler you're an amateur gambler um, um all right so
0: is there such thing as amateur i mean if it, i thought the idea was if money exchanged hands you can't be an amateur
1: you know that's a great question <laughs> what makes you a professional gambler my my definition would be you have no other source of income besides well, – well, The way it's
0: going now, that just might qualify. <laughs> oh, <now>. shit, <laughs> it's kidding. changing. Hey, okay, let me tell you this before we forget. I have just, as you called, laid in a nice bet for Friday. Um, I'm, I just ran across this – read this statement from the chairman of MLE. A uh, lot of discussion about which pro sports will be the first to return, baseball, basketball, golf, or MMA. But no, it's competitive eating. First one back.
1: Major a league powerful, eating.
0: A powerful statement of American resilience. I don't know about that. But there's a, there's a big uh, eating contest that starts Friday. They do it remotely, each of the eight contestants, at their own location. Wow. And they're doing it in, like, you know, what you call a format, where you advance each round. Four rounds. and uh,
1: What are they eating?
0: Well, check this out. Okay, the first round on Friday, everybody's timed from their own location. The qualifying round is two pounds of sliced bologna. And then if you advance, the next round is... Milk and cookies, a family pack of Oreos and a half gallon of milk.
1: Okay, that I was going to say <laughs> with being separated, there'd be questions about is your poundage of chicken wings equal to somebody else's poundage? This makes it easier because it's packaged goods and concrete quantities like a gallon of milk. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah. And then the third round is one and an eighth gallons of baked beans. (laughs) And then when you get to the final, for the final, 10 ramen cups.
1: I'm sorry. The connection was bad. I thought I heard you say a gallon and a half of baked beans. That can't be right. That's what it says. Holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) So you're going to bet, who are you going to bet on?
0: who else the, the most dominant athlete of our generation joey chestnut
1: okay so you got to bet in on that very good yeah will you uh, do you want to bet on which sport is going to come back first you mean you're not counting this one no i'm not <laughs> counting this one
0: uh i don't know let's see
1: mma is I mean, planning on mma is on, working
0: hard buying an island and all that but i, right. I don't know want to count them
1: Florida is recruiting, you know, Governor Ron DeSantis is recruiting NASCAR to do a race, and um, golf is set to come back in June in Texas, which, of course, is run by a Republican, and he's already leaning hard to get the state back up and running. And they can do golf without fans. Here's the thing that drives me crazy, Mr. X. You know as well as I do that running a PGA Tour event, is no more risky than running a fucking seven eleven right now during the middle of this when there are people coming in all day, trades guys that are doing construction. I see it with the seven eleven near us. No way it's any more dangerous.
0: Yeah, you know, the only thing I say on all this is I don't judge anybody. Everybody do what's best for them. I haven't left the house in over four weeks. Nobody in my house has,
1: you know, literally haven't, down. you haven't left the well, house.
0: Let me rephrase it. To walk, to yard. walk,
1: to walk, Kobe, your dog.
0: No. Well, he, we take him in the backyard. I mean, I could walk it, but we haven't, I haven't left the yard. None of us have. And Mrs. X runs a tight ship here. Why? Uh, well,
1: have you yeah, gone, it, have you gone to the grocery store?
0: Uh, not in four weeks.
1: Have you gone to pick up food curbside?
0: Um. No.
1: Wow. I all
0: delivered from Amazon.
1: So you are a super duper lockdown. We are.
0: Now see, you told me I was not to be a downer, and now we're going there. To- no, it's I, okay. I, I, and I, listen, no,
1: but, it's fine. It's fine.
0: Yeah, but you know what it is? Is I, in all seriousness, I'm I what they that category they call high risk. Right. Yeah. So Fair In order to make sure I'm good, all the kids have to not be exposed, and we got all we got five living in the house now instead of a couple. So it's crazy. So you um, plus yeah, the
1: X one, two, three, and four and mama bear X.
0: Well, well, no X one is off on his own now, okay. but two, three, and four. Are two, home, three and four. So yeah. Okay. And by the way, number four, you know, he's a senior in high school. What a crazy, well, here's that i a senior. What a crazy end for, for high school. No, no graduation, no parties, no prom.
1: Yeah. No shitty. No anything. Not crazy. Shitty.
0: Yeah, and then the night that um in our county when they first went to, you know, announce made all the announcements and Mrs. X is reading, you know, okay, they're gonna go online, they're gonna do this, they're gonna do that, but they're not gonna be any grades, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. <laughs> she goes on and on and finally X four says, Mom, I heard everything, but I didn't hear a damn thing you said after no
1: grades. <laughs> <laughs> And he said, "No fucking way, I'm doing that. No chance. And don't wake me up before noon.
0: Noon? <laughs> that would be an early start in this house. What do you say? See, I, two? Oh yeah, he's no, man. They're they're on the Xbox twenty four seven. On the weekend, X three. Who's doing college from home now? I see him roll out of bed, and there he is doing this. Um, he's online at two fifteen with a white claw in the afternoon." <laughs> And Mrs. X says, should he have White Claws this in the middle of the day? And I said, honey, he's been up 15 minutes. It's not the middle of the day. (laughs) When you get up at 2, 2.15 is not middle. That's
1: breakfast, right? Yes. Wow, that is fantastic right there. That's the best story of... uh of the week here on the Zavecast. I love it. Oh, so geez. they're wearing out Xbox, but one of you, but one of the kids is, is actually doing his remote learning. Is that the one for that goes to yeah. CNU?
0: Yes. Yes. Okay. They have to finish their semester in school. And by the way, the bro- older brothers all suggested that My son's high school girls are the ones that, uh, really started this whole virus thing just as to make sure nobody had to take X4 to the prom. So they're they're rough.
1: Well, that's a deep, that is a deep play right there. That's the long con going on, uh, right there. Here's the thing about, and I, I'm heartbroken for my daughter, Megan, who was rounding into a wonderful spring senior year. She had, luckily they had done the school play. She's in theater and they had done the school play a lot earlier than they normally do so they got it in in early march all right but they were going to do another round of it later and that got can and and the and the later round of it she was going to actually step up into a larger role because she was uh-huh. the understudy for it so it was kind of a big thing for her and you know and, and she obviously like all kids miss being in school now even as like as much as she kind of says she would say how much she hates it you know, and oh, I'm yes. kind of mopey. And I began the year by lecturing her a little bit gently, saying, "Megan, senior year, this is the time of your life. You <laughs> you should soak this up. You were. It is never going to get as good as it is right now. Just enjoy it for everything it's worth." And she'd roll her eyes and kind of groan at me. That was back in October. And then by the time this hit, I think she's keenly aware of, "Fuck, yeah. this sucks." But it's, life it's teaches. Tough. It right, yeah, life.
0: I, I mean, I don't know teaches. for sure. Do we really send them off in August? I would certainly hope by then, but golly, you know, it's always hard to send a kid away from home for the first time. Right now, it's it's damn not easy.
1: Well, I say, especially that,
0: Virginia Tech. Oh, god, anyway, yeah. <laughs> that's uh, what he I, picked. Here,
1: I believe that these colleges are absolutely going to bring students back, and I believe they're going to play football. Yeah. Here is why: if they don't. On either front, these college, university professors, presidents, etc., who all love their jobs, overpaid to the wazoo, glorified donor uh, you know, uh, glad handers, they're, they're there to bring in the money, okay? They will be facing an extinction-level event if they don't have kids back at school. They're already going to face severe budget crisis because of what they've missed already they can't afford to not have kids in school i believe mr x they will move the goalposts on whatever rationale they have to say we can still do this just my belief
0: yeah it'd be nice they're already talking about the possibility of next fall being online and you know i don't
1: know who's gonna who's gonna pay for that
0: yeah, and part of me says, yeah, nothing says you have to start. Then um, I don't know. Uh, it's it's a lot of crazy stuff. I don't know what it's going to be. Yeah,
1: I, you know, I don't we're know. Back
0: to the guessing again. I don't know. It, you
1: know? it is a lot of guessing. Uh, here's the thing that I that I believe. I believe that it's quite possible we'll get to let's say June fifteenth, and the daily new cases in the United States is well under a thousand a day, if that. There are three well-known sort of protocols for treatment that have proven to be very effective, not foolproof, but effective. And we will have testing, and we will have antibody testing that shows the whole picture we're looking at a lot better. And I think that will drive the sort of uh, calculus on how risky everything is in a whole different direction.
0: Maybe. Maybe.
1: Or maybe not, or maybe, or maybe the virus comes back as soon as we start opening up barbershops and whatever things else we open up and uh, we don't have any new good treatments and we still can't get testing in place and the thing is not slowed down by the summer weather and then we're really living in a dystopian future.
0: Well, I got two thoughts for you. First of all, all we've done for the last month is the kids and I make all of the best of lists. Man, we have made more of lists and Mount Rushmore's <laughs> just in this month than right. I made my whole life. All right, let me and hear going some. Going through all of Oh, well, like going through all the, you know, what do you think was the best this and best that? And you know what? YouTube kills it. All the time we talk about the great all time this and that, and then you pull it up on YouTube. God, they're not so good. <laughs> You know, they just, for example, we did the best ever, um, college hoop games, which a lot of people were doing right out of shoot. And I always said, without doubt, the NC state, Maryland, 74 ACC championship game. A lot of people put that number one all time. Of course, the big key that was number one was that was back when only the champ advanced Yeah, and it was number one, number four in the country and only the winner moves on. Of course, NC state won in overtime, went on to knock off the eight straight, ucla um titles and you know it came to overtime they um, they were undefeated and they almost didn't get out of the conference you i pull that up to show the boys you got freaking john lucas best guard in the country dribbling with one hand (laughs) (laughs) right he can't use the other hand and then remember the greatest leaper i remember was david thompson they used to throw him these alley-oops that were unstoppable well, you know what? Some of them were up almost to the rim. <laughs> like, like, wait a second. So when you wait, watch really? when you watch YouTube, oh.
1: you realize your memories of high flying David Thompson aren't exactly what reality yeah. said they were. Of course,
0: he could. You weren't allowed to dunk then, which was crazy. But it's like still the alley oops were like up around the rim. He caught yeah. three or four of them, and, and you lay it in, and, and the boys are like, yeah, Dad, he's really a high flyer. <laughs> like,
1: yeah. That's what I've talked about. Uh, When I've talked about the evolution of basketball, I always say, show me when the first guys started to do crossover dribbles. And then show me when guys started to do crossovers through the legs. Because now you're talking modern dribbling techniques where you're not dribbling waist high with one hand, which is what a lot of guys did. Even the better point guards were essentially one-handed dribblers.
0: Yeah. I mean, John Lucas, he was the number one pick in the draft. And uh, as a guard, which didn't happen in the era of the big men, he's struggled with one hand. X2 to this day swears that if I could if I could put him into the 50s, he guarantees he could beat Bob Cousy one one <laughs> And I'm not sure he's wrong. I'm not sure.
1: That is hilarious.
0: He's like, Daddy he hasn't used his left hand in an entire season. I can take him.
1: <laughs> that would be such a great use of time travel to go back and see if you can whoop up on some old NBA players.
0: There you go. But I'll tell you a quick one. The, the other thing we do is like the best moments in our house and the winner X3 came up with this. The winner was uh, we were watching a Red Sox um, Tigers playoff game. Sox were getting smoked late in the game. And the boys were just acting up but this time. They're like between ages like seven and ten, eleven. And they're acting up, acting up. And finally, I put the damn TV on pause. The Sox are losing bottom of the eighth. I'm in a bad mood anyway. I put it on pause and read them the riot act. You know, you got to do this. You got to do that. You're not watching the rest of the game until you all this stuff. And if you remember, the phones used to give that little ESPN, da-da-da.
1: Da-da-da. Yeah.
0: And I hear that go off. And I'm like, leave it alone. Finish listening to me. finally, X3 says, Dad, could you hurry up, Ortiz? Just hit a grand slam!
1: Oh my God! <laughs> the
0: famous grand slam to, to come back and win the <laughs> series, and, and it's like, kind of all right, yeah.
1: <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> kind
0: of, kind of ruined my put it on pause for him.
1: So you have a you have a Zoom story to tell us?
0: Oh, I heard you talking about you know uh, people over the age of sixty or whatever, and shouldn't be. Able to, I was laughing because. The first weekend we did the Zoom, you know, my parents are 87. And, you know, so they're quarantined up in their place. In Maine, right? No, no, they're here. They're in Virginia. Oh, they that's have, right. Um, yeah, their they're, yeah, they're they're summer home is in Maine. Communities, correct. Yeah. So they're in the, but their place is in complete lockdown because, you know. Uh, yeah. Like 2000 uh, yeah. geezers, they got to do it right. So anyway, so we get them on and we have, we have a, a Sunday afternoon Zoom set up for 18 of us. Mrs. Eight, X sets it all up.
1: Eighteen? Yeah, extended
0: family. Hey, man, we're just getting born. So, But the hard part is for the grandparents, right, my parents. So Mrs. X gets my dad all hooked up with his iPad, making sure he's got Zoom lined up and all that. And then it's like, I'll send you the link. Or you just click on it and, you know, we'll go. So, of course, what happens is everybody's on. But, you know, the old folks, they just can't do it. They can't get on. They can't get on. They can't get on. And they FaceTiming us each one by one because they can't get on. And it's like, <laughs> did you click on the link? Yes, I clicked on the link and nothing's happening. Oh, hey, where's the other? Well, to c- cut to the chase after 35 minutes and find out, yeah, dad has the iPad open, software, everything's there, ready to show him and my mom in the picture. And he's clicking on the link, email, on his cell phone. <laughs> and wonders why it won't come up on the ipad
1: oh my god when
0: you troubleshoot the first thing you think of isn't well are you clicking on the email in the same device you're trying to make it work in? no didn't think of that one
1: all right let's let's i I want to get to your big uh, thing and then we're going to wrap it tonight but you have a take on what could happen to baseball or sports in general when this is all said and done
0: this is kind of half good and half bad, don't then how you look at it. But it's all—that's all, that's
1: all bad, then.
0: Yeah, maybe. No, <sighs> I actually—I wouldn't mind. Okay, I'm older than you, and I can remember in '76 when free agency hit and salaries started to grow, and they published a team every team's salary, every player in baseball salary in the Washington Post, and I can remember at the time. Seeing like these backup middle infielders making a hundred grand. And everybody was like, this is BS. You know, my dad works hard for the federal government. He only makes 50. How come this backup middle infielder? They didn't make money back then. Okay. Well, the bottom line is let's fast forward and we know the bazillion dollars that are being made now. The owners make a bazillion and the players make crazy. And why is it? For one reason, the industry generates money. (laughs) It makes money, and they all share it. I mean, you're a chief resident at Harvard. Do you know how much you make? No. 60 grand. Right now? Okay. Yeah. I'm talking about the residents, you know, the residents that pretty much run those hospitals, doing the three- or four-year residency programs. And they don't make anything there. How do you know They make it after – My my nephew is one. All right, (laughs) he's chief resident. Okay. And but then when they're done and they go on, they you know they make their money later. But those three or four years out of med school, the bottom line is they're like nobody says no to the job because it's the top spot, so you take it, and they don't have to pay anything. But anyway, the now during all the virus, we realize, I mean, who you know who do we want to pay money to in this country? You know the guy who can shoot the three or the guys who are, you know, on the front lines and hopefully going to cure this stuff. Listen, listen to you,
1: listen to you. When did you become a socialist? No No, money, money goes where money gets generated. And uh,
0: exactly. That's what I'm saying. That's why they make it because they generate it. But here's my question. I started thinking about how, you know, all the money that the industry makes and I mean, I got this picture of sports and isn't, we're all dying to turn on the TV and watch. Yeah. I'm not dying to go to another game. Really? I can't imagine myself at Nats Park, you know, passing the beer down the aisle, you know, the vendor at the end and 12 guys. So you're, to me. I, so I you're
1: genuinely to. spooked about the, well, I am. about the virus now, I, and everything else. You know, I,
0: well, it's, it's a long ways away. My point is I can't wait to watch it on television like everybody else. We want right. to bet. We want to watch
1: football. But you can't imagine going to the games. Is, yeah,
0: I can't go – and, and you know, from the radios and everything else, the advertising money is hurting. Huh. And my, my, my point is there's nothing that says sports have to make a bazillion dollars. If Why do they make all that money? Because of TV money. Why does TV pay them all that money? Because of advertising money. All I'm saying is could it really take a real big hit in the wallet for the long run? And could it scale back? And if the backup NBA center doesn't make eight million dollars, only makes five hundred
1: thousand. Oh that's gonna, gonna I'm
0: going big. Is he still gonna play? Hell yes. Of course. If they will. go back to so wouldn't it be cool If it ratcheted back to something that we all could just tolerate, no. Why do they have to make that much? No,
1: because that means a
0: hundred dollars to sit on the dugout. Why can't I pay fifteen?
1: Well, (laughs) certainly in person, yeah. Like the whole notion of ticket buying and going to games that could be changed in a semi-permanent way. But the reason to me, sports got big is because we still love them as a nation. We love the fact that it is unscripted reality TV. We hold our athletes in the highest of esteem and regard, even though they are shitheads a lot of times. We are amazed at their abilities. And most importantly, we like gathering with other tribe members. And sports are tribal. So you go to the games You're part of your tribe. There are rituals, traditions, feasts in the parking lots and experiences that you share with your friends via social media and photos. We love doing that, Mr. X. That is not going to go away. It's going to have to tiptoe back into being comfortable depending on the epidemiological facts on the ground in the coming months and years.
0: No question. When it comes back, it's going to come back better because we're all going to miss it so bad, and I agree with everything you say. And All I'm getting at is if the advertising and the big money corporations are going to start to dry up a little bit like it is in TV and radio, will it ever reach the bottom line and scale back a salary? Do they have to keep increasing forever, or could we – if they all got cut by 50 percent – you know what, they're going to bitch and moan for about a year, and then so what? Who cares? It's still the best job they'll ever, you could ever hope for.
1: Oh, I agree. I, I think that there's uh, the NBA pay scale is absurd because jobbers who don't bring anyone into the building to see him play and are not very good are paid an insane amount of money, but it's only because franchise values have been skyrocketing. The TV deal is fantastic. Their attendance is strong, and there's only so much. They put a lid on how much you could pay the LeBron Jameses. If yep. there is no max salary, LeBron James is a $60 million player, and it's not even a blink. $60 but isn't it million, still, dollars and it's, but is it, where do I write the check?
0: Yeah, but is, isn't is it all still based on, they still have to, they can pay him that because their revenues are that. Will they keep making it? Will they keep getting these kind of advertising money? Or is it going to get hurt the same no, way TV and radio is getting gonna get hurt
1: it's going to yeah. get hurt. It's going to take a huge chunk out of it. But I, I, think it'll, I think it'll come back. Here's why. The advertising will be there because sports are the last thing that can draw people to the television. And it's the last thing that is not time-shiftable or bingeable. And that's, yeah. why, that's why of the like, last year, Mr. X, the 35 highest-rated TV shows all season – Thirty three of them were football games.
0: Of course. But at the end of the day, is Bob's furniture gonna be wanting to spend a boatload of money to advertise because I love watching football, but my ass isn't getting out and shopping.
1: I know. Well, I know. Not look, <laughs> not listen, not right away. Trust me on that. Yeah. That's that's Good. why that's why our industry is uh is in survival mode, you know, because it's an advertising based thing. So
0: Well, most important thing, I haven't heard you weigh in. Tua or Chase Young?
1: Chase Young, just take him and yeah, don't okay. even think about it. Last you year, the- you don't
0: believe in uh, one account. All of his, um- <laughs>
1: you like, Yeah, like one account had found I this tr- mock trade thing, and he had worked out all these scenarios with the Raiders and the Jaguars, two teams I've heard nothing from the pundits or the experts on TV saying, "Oh yeah, they could be in the mix." I'm like, where do you get this shit from? But that's Johnny Boy for you. God, does he yeah, love the team. I
0: tweeted. I tweeted him today, and I and he liked it. I said. Dude, these are some really elaborate tradebacks. Do you think there's anyone at that park that understands how to do this? <laughs> <laughs> They're not going to call you. You're the only one that gets it. I don't yeah. think Doug Williams is, is uh, scheming this.
1: Well, here, just while we're on it before we bump out here, my yeah. feeling on the second overall pick, the prime directive is don't fuck it up.
0: Yeah. Well, what I said to him was if my job is on the line or your job is on the line, I take Chase Young because, yeah, that's the sure thing. If I'm really, really good at my craft, maybe I trade down, bundle it up, and get five guys. But they don't have anyone good at their craft.
1: Well, yeah. So you although have to
0: take it, you have to do the sure thing.
1: Yeah. I think I think the trading down from here is splitting 10s against a 6. It's so tempting to go, it's a 6. Split these 10s. Let's, let's kill it. Double our money. Nah, just don't fuck it up. You got a 20. Stand stand, pat. If you get beat by a 21, so be it.
0: God, I've got so many draft props. We'll do them next week because I have dissected this draft. It's the only thing left to gamble on.
1: The draft will be fun. And we'll have you on before Thursday night's round one. How about that?
0: Sounds great. Take bye, care.
1: Mr. X. See you, bud.
0: All right. Bye.
1: Man, hasn't been out of the house in four weeks. Eh, good for him, though. He does have some... Some medical issues, I I won't share them with you, but I'm not laughing either, but, you know, shit, we're all in a high-risk category. Who's kidding who? All of us that are uh, not marathoners and uh, not under 30 years old. And last I checked, I'm neither one of those, so uh, good for Mr. X. And I love the story of his boys (laughs) sitting in the room, (laughs) just playing Xbox all day, every day. Okay. We'll end on this today. God bless Suzanne Summers. Chrissy from Three's Company, one of the earliest crushes many of us had in our adolescence. She's 73 years old. She survived breast cancer. Um, Her skin has shown the ravages of many years of California sun, but she is still able to put out a radiant smile in her own way. And she is absolutely cougar-tastic at age 73. Summers said that what she's been doing during quarantine is to basically have a lot of, I got to whisper here, I have my daughter outside the door, have a lot of sex with a husband who's been with her for 40 years, Alan Hamill, because she said, quote, I inject him every Tuesday with testosterone and Wednesday's a very good day. My girlfriends say, you don't have sex twice a day and I'm like, nope, I sure do or yes, I sure do, and she says it's also not a forced march either. She says that she uses something called PT-141, an injection for females, a melanocortin-based peptide also used to generate sexual arousal. She said men have had Viagra, but this is actually a shot for both men and women. That's not a drug. It just stimulates the part of your brain that says, hey, I'm kind of in the mood, and it's a wonderful thing. Good for Suzanne Summers, at 73 years old. Still madly in love, she says. Getting after it, even if it is shooting her man up with test and shooting herself up with PT-141. That will be a wrap for today. Thank you for downloading. Remember... Download the Zabecast app. It's free. It collects all of your podcasts of mine in one place. And it's also necessary to subscribe to Friday's edition so you don't miss out on a single day. Tomorrow, Jay is with us, Notorious J-A-Y. And it's cheap to be a Friday subscriber, 16 cents a day. If you can't do it during these challenging economic times, I understand. But if you can, most appreciated, everybody. Rate and review so our algorithmic overlords bless us. And tell a friend who likes good podcasts where to go. Have a great Thursday, and we will see you tomorrow.